0: wow hello everybody welcome to the mind body musings podcast this is your host madeline moon and if you are a regular listener welcome back took a two-week break from sharing episodes if you are a new listener welcome to the show it is so good to have you i I am spending some of this time on this podcast, maybe all of it, we'll see, talking about um, some major life shifts and what I am learning that I can now pass on to you. And um, it's so interesting to me that just a couple weeks ago I was doing a podcast again on... Um, specifically what I was talking about is how emotional abuse, manipulation, how that can affect a romantic relationship. So if you were raised with any kind of manipulation or abuse, emotional, verbal, even physical, definitely, um, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode number 314. So that was just about a month ago that I released that. I recorded it a little bit earlier and that episode around how psychological abuse affects romantic relationships is so uh, true and I'm so grateful that I made that. It's like this beautiful marker in my journey that I can go back and listen to and that y'all can listen to and that said since that episode has aired, wow, so many updates, Um. I have left that partnership. If you follow me on Instagram or my website, you know this by now. I have left that partnership. And today I want to share, I want to share a, a theme that was coming up a lot. and I only remember this theme. Whenever I am in the thick of it, and maybe you will relate, I think a lot of people actually have been experiencing this particular theme during 2020 when so much is shifting and changing. And that theme is, is this decision right or wrong? How to know if your decision is right or wrong and and what to do you know like that's the question is like am I making a bad decision am I making a bad choice is this stupid is this bad am I going to regret it later I think that's one of the biggest fears people have is will I later regret this now it doesn't really help to hear this when you're in the thick of it. So anyone that's in the thick of it, this is not going to really relate to you right now. But if you can take yourself out of your body, out of where, wherever your current circumstances are, and think about another time in your life where you had this same wishy-washy indecisiveness. And think about after you made the call that you were scared to make and if you regretted it. When I think about my own past and all those times I've had that hem-hawing obsession around, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? Am I going to regret it? I have, every single time I have had that kind of period in my life, it was always doing that scary thing I was so hem-hawing about, I was so afraid to do, that led me to no regrets. (laughs) None. And it's so fascinating to me because the times where I have not been obsessive and I've been decisive, I've just been like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, Those always led me to where I was meant to go. Those have always been, that's my intuition. Those are great instances that I just roll with it. But it's the moments that there is the most terrifying decision you have to make. I find the one, the, the, the um, decision that you were the most scared to make, one of the ways I have learned what decision that is I need to make is my level of fear of it. And you read quotes about this all the time of like, if you're afraid of something, it's a calling to go outside your comfort zone. If you're afraid of something, you probably should do it. Uh, and we read these things all the time on Instagram that it really loses its potency. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, With that said, not all fear is great. (laughs) That's not what this podcast is about, though. I'm talking today about the fear of making a very big decision that creates a, a kind of obsessiveness. And I'm using that word because that's literally what I was experiencing right before I left. So if you're new to this podcast or if you listen to every other episode, here's a little bit of a catch up for you. In April, I moved from Brooklyn to upstate New York. Well, I thought it was just a trip to meet a lover um, who I was having this really beautiful connection with, but I only packed for like two weeks' time. I thought I was going for a couple weeks, and I just never left. I actually ended up moving in there in a community. I was in an Airstream on a community property. So Living alone for years upon years upon years and then having this virus hit and then moving into a community with other people and then immediately being with my lover turned boyfriend really quickly having no space and having no car and having no autonomy, which is so interesting for someone who, I must have autonomy. I need autonomy. Autonomy, autonomy. autonomy." Of course, my subconscious found a way to have zero autonomy to work on One, that shadow side of not having autonomy and really like actually open to not having autonomy. I had to surrender so fully to living on this property with other people and sharing a kitchen and living inside of a teeny tiny little spaceship. I can't even describe how small an Airstream is. It is so tiny. And the minute you step outside in upstate new york after it's raining and raining and raining you step inside your airstream and you've got dirt everywhere and for a neat freak like me i've had to learn how to let go my teeny tiny spaceship of a home also was dirty and i had a dog that had ticks that i had to clean off every night and My shower was 100 feet away and a good working toilet that I wanted to use because I didn't like using my Airstream toilet was also 100 feet away. So I had to really learn how to uh, both rely on others, rely on my my partner to clean that septum tank whenever I did use the Airstream toilet, and I had to ask to be taken to the grocery store, and I had to be patient with cleaning the Airstream and being around people all the time, and lots of sacrifices went into this relationship, and I went all in, and I I, I even had my things in my. Brooklyn apartment get moved into storage and what's awesome about this is that I was planning to do that all the way in January so that I wanted to happen anyways and then it just had a reason to happen it was this beautiful divine plan that the divine was like yep we're gonna take care of all this for you so from April until what now it's the end of August so from April till the beginning of August I was upstate New York with my partner who has also been on the podcast his name's Mike Um, and we were doing some plant medicine together and like just going deep into our relationship. Like there was some major karma clearing. We were so drawn to each other and it was so magnetic and fiery and loving and nurturing. And then I went into this, what felt like a literal cocoon. My symbol for this year has been the butterfly because my life has been this constant state of cocooning inward and then expansion outward, then flying, then going back inward into this cocoon and this space and then bursting out and flying. And what that period between April and August felt like for me was also my Saturn return um, and Going inward and doing some major mommy wound healing, like deep mother wound healing, because at the same time, uh, and this was also in episode 314, I talked about this, my parents got a divorce in November and like I haven't talked to her since like it just was an immediate cutoff that has been a long time coming so there were deep wounds that I was experiencing and then healing and then making love to this person that I truly felt like I was experiencing God with and so many beautiful moments of intimacy with him but then also having major struggles with not having a proper home to live in and not having a space for doing my coaching sessions and strong private Wi-Fi and people walking in on me and there were a lot of moments where I felt like a little girl that was upset because I wasn't being respected by people and so I put my fists on my hips and said respect me like I had those moments of feeling my inner child. And I was so fair game for all of this, like all is fair in love and war. And when you combine a new relationship, plus a lack of autonomy, plus plant medicine, plus mother leaving your life, plus coronavirus trauma and politics and everything like, whoa, what a year. So I would say a few months ago, things started, um, one of the things in this relationship that I have personally taken on as a very interesting challenge, but it ran its course, was the fact that it was truly two omegas together, two emotional beings. And um, being a polarity teacher, me being a polarity teacher talking about feminine, masculine, my deepest desire in love and relationship is to feel the part of me that is energy and love, a.k.a. the feminine. I have had so many practice partners now in my life. Practice partners means I've had people I've worked with that we've done polarity work together where they've been in the masculine and they command me and they lead me and I reveal my essence and I might dance for them and I might laugh and then I might say no, like Kali. And sometimes... Like I've had that experience with people I've been in relationship with and then I've had other people that are actually friends and we set up an hour to just do practice where we both set aside that time to embody those energies and we experience polarity together and then we close the container and say goodbye, you know, and so this relationship was really interesting for me to be in love with someone that was also very feminine and me being a naturally masculine being. I am. I've had a masculine emotional body for a lot of my life and I've had to really learn and train myself to have a feminine emotional body. And a lot of that is because of having a parent that's psychologically abused and being raised in a overly restricted religious conservative Baptist household. There was sexual shame. So if you relate to any of that, it may be likely that you were uh, raised with a masculine persona, a masculine emotional body, or maybe a wounded feminine. They are different. So I I don't think any of this is cut and dry In different podcasts, I might say different things, but at the end of the day, I was wearing an armor for much of my life, whether we call that more masculine or we call that wounded feminine. I think that's more of the wounded feminine, to be honest with you, but also there were some masculine attributes. I've built my own business. I've been a leader, a coach, a teacher. I've excelled at doing my taxes. And when I need to move to a new location, I cancel all of the subscriptions and all of the, uh, utilities and the Wi-Fi all on the exact date that it needs to happen. And I start services to my next location. Exactly when it happens, I never run out of gas. I make sure everything is up to date on my license and this and this, like those things about me are very masculine, but then there's the armor. There's the shielding of my heart, which is more of the wounded feminine. The pure masculine is all about getting things done. The purpose, the direction, the presence, the consciousness, the the connection to God in nothingness. And the feminine, the pure feminine, is all about energy and pleasure and, and intuition and love. The feminine is love light pulsing through her body, through her veins. It's like love is moving your hips as you make dinner. And then love is also pouring out your voice whenever you're angry, (sighs) you become an animal, like it's all of this yummy embodiment, whether it's joyful, or it's in grief. Anytime you are revealing or expressing you are in the feminine. So if you were raised having some sort of abuse, either physical, emotional, psychological, then that ability to let love move your body, move your voice, connect your your voice to your, your yoni, that gets disconnected. And so this relationship, after doing two and a half years of this kind of polarity work where I unveil that cast iron clasp on my heart and then go into a relationship that really asks of me to be energetically agile was such a gift with him because he was very, 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 very emotional and very, um, in the fields. And, and he does plant medicine, which is a very feminine, I mean, ayahuasca is a very feminine plant. So filling his body and his space and his heart and his mind with all of this, this feminine and this woman it really caused me to go into my masculine because polarity is a thing no matter what. Like it just happens. If someone's really in the feminine, the other person goes into the masculine. That's actually the beautiful thing about polarity for all of you out there because when you out feminine someone, then they go deeper into the masculine. So that was a gift that this relationship brought is that I really had to do that work. Instead of just talking and teaching about the work, I had to do the work of, of... Um, going deeper into my back body instead of my front body because the front body is where the masculine lives, the back body, the receptive body is where the feminine lives so she can lean back and relax and receive. And, And then long story, still kind of long, a little shorter, is that it came time where that practice was done for me. And I realized that I wanted to... Um, be in a long-term relationship where that's not a thing I always work on plus other things like this for for me in this relationship was such a deep dive Oh, so much happened so much growth so much healing but then also there came a point where um, it felt like it wasn't a match and a lot of the things of why I'm not gonna be publicly talking about, but there were things that my body was saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. This doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel right. So here's where this topic comes from today, what we're talking about of like, how do we know when we are on a path that is giving us trials and struggles that we are meant to walk through. We are, we're, we're meant to walk through that fire. Or we're given trials and tribulations that we observe and we see and we do our best on, but then we pivot. Um, and so here's, here's what I really learned about myself. And I'm going to try to make this simple and, and really clean. I've learned that every time I've obsessed about a decision, it's the decision I'm supposed to make. I'm supposed to make it. Other than that, it's an effortless decision. Like, like, do I want to take a vacation? Yeah, I want to take a vacation. Should I go to the Bahamas? Yeah, I want to go to the, Okay, sure. That's great. Awesome. Go do that. But when, for example, in this relationship... I had two paths and he had two paths as well. And I'm just going to talk about my path. My path was either live in upstate New York and fully, fully, fully surrender to everything I thought I wanted, surrender to living in a big city, surrender to having, possibly having another child, another, wow, that was weird. That was like a, a slip, um. I have never had a child before, but maybe there's like some some baby in the ether around me. Um, Have a child because I wouldn't be able to have a child with him. So I would have to surrender to not having a child. I would have to surrender to not living in a big city. I would have to surrender to his work that he does. I would have to surrender to his emotions. I would have to surrender to this plan that God has put before me. The divine has put before me as an option. I would surrender so many things which, wow, What a gift to learn how to fully, fully release ego, release expectations, release desires, release the plans, release everything that I was holding above him or above me, and allow all the gifts of that path to be revealed to me. Surrender to this community and to creating beautiful friendships out of it to make it my community surrender to living in upstate New York and make that area my area fully just open and surrender to what that plan has in store I'm like holding my arms out right now you can't see me but I'm just like oh soak it in so that's one path and the other path is honor that relationship and what we had gone through honor it love it fuck it lick it just praise it and then move on to what is next in my chapter not surrender to living there not surrender to the idea of kids or no kids not surrender you know it's like not surrendering to that but rather surrendering to what could have been surrendering to the grief of losing what could have been Because if I, if I, if I leave that relationship and leave upstate New York and leave the possibilities of what lives in, in that first initial path, then I'm surrendering to grief and what's to come. I'm surrendering to the fear because the path of getting in the car, leaving that relationship and driving across the country, you better believe that creates fear. And that's where that obsession comes from. The obsession. Uh, so When I'm making a big decision like that, particularly around leaving a relationship, I've had my own career since I was 21. So I don't know what that would feel like with a job. But I imagine if you were listening to this and you've ever had to leave a job or quit a job or get a new job, this same obsession probably has happened before or possibly moving to a different state. It's like you're obsessing over, is this right or is this wrong? Is this right or is this wrong? Whatever that decision that popped in your body as the new possibility of leaving the job, leaving the relationship, leaving the state, I found in my own life, and this might be different for you, but I found in my own life that that's the right call. That's the call. That is the call. I'm not going to say right. That is the call my heart is craving. And that's why I obsess because that call is scary. It's not an easy decision like What do I want to have for dinner? It's a big decision. I'm either staying in this relationship and fully surrendering to everything I thought I wanted, or I'm getting in the car and driving across the country. And this happened with a a relationship that was a couple years ago for me. I I met a man, and all of this is documented on podcasts if you go back far enough. Like, I've done this podcast now nearly seven years, so like everything in my life is on here. Um, But a couple years ago, I had a relationship with a person that I met and bumble. uh, And by our third date, we decided to move all of our stuff into storage together and then go travel. Um, I like to, you know, that's part of my path in this lifetime is to jump into things and experience them fully and and jump into things and experience them fully. I did that with this partner. I did that with that partner. But in after our five months together with this previous person, not the one I'm not the one that this podcast is about, but the one a couple years ago, we had just felt this, we felt this unspoken presence that our time together was done. We met, we traveled from state to state to state to state. We went back to where we started in Colorado. We realized that our relationship, it just wasn't what we wanted. We didn't want to spend more time working on it. We could, we could fully open and surrender and be together and, and grow and create that love and dive deeper, but we just weren't a fit. And sometimes you're just not a fit. Like I crave ecstatics and intimacy and spirituality and yogic intimacy and workshops together and acro yoga and movement and tears and opening. And I want to be submissive and I want to dom and I want to like play with kink. And that's just not where he was at. And I couldn't surrender to him not being that way. I chose not to. I'll say it that way. And and that situation two also brought in a bit of that obsessive thinking of back and forth and back and forth. Can we make this work? No, we shouldn't. Can we make this work? No, we shouldn't. And in this past relationship, very similar thing where I would have throughout the day about 50 different moments where I'd say, should I stay and work on this or should I go? Should I stay and work on this? And the thing I noticed is that every time I tried on the hat of I'm fully surrendering, I'm going to stay here, we're going to work on this, my entire body contracted. My entire body, every single time I put on the idea of staying in upstate New York and working on that relationship, contracted And that's how I knew it was not the relationship I wanted to extend and do the deepest surrendering and deepest work with for multiple reasons, multiple reasons that I'm not mentioning on this podcast. But at the end of the day, out of the two paths, the one that I realized was the one for me, not using the word right, but just the one my heart was calling for was to do the scariest thing scariest thing. I wasn't um, getting in the car and and going because that was the easy thing. Like, it's so scary to be in love. No, 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 no. So I want to make that very clear. It's not that I was getting in the car to travel across the country because I was so scared of love. It it was the opposite. Getting in the car and leaving was the scariest thing, but it was the thing that my heart said I had to do. It was much more comfortable to be in a ginormous two bedroom house with lots of light and a big backyard and a grill and like space and this this man in front of me where we had hot sex and a happy dog and community and people that loved us and a new car. It was much easier to do that. But it's not where the most love was because I was not a good fit for what he needed. And he was not a fit for what I needed. And sometimes my loves, you're just not meant to be with people forever. You're just not. You're just not. And love, the tricky thing about love and truth and feelings is that they shift. And it doesn't mean you just pick up and leave at any time they shift. It means you do the work. But once the work has been done and your body, because your body knows when it is time, starts to tell you that, Love is still here. Love is still here. And the highest good is not to be putting each other through this kind of torture anymore. That's when you make that decision. And so because 2020 is such a profound time that many things are shifting, people are moving, people are breaking up. I think the same week, my partner, Mike, my ex-partner and I broke up. There were like 10 other people I know that broke, broke up. And from there, what I encourage you to do is be with the grief, be with the waves. It's really beautiful because I I mean, oh, man, it was, it was so really, really challenging to get in the car. I will be honest with you. It was very challenging to just get in the car and rip the bandaid off. But once I did, my body knew. My body knew so instantly i packed up everything i got ollie in the car i I didn't even plan y'all i didn't plan my trip i just knew i was getting in the car and driving from upstate new york near albany to los angeles and this trip i tell you was the most amazing thing i've ever done more amazing than going to southeast asia or europe Maybe not as amazing as Israel. That was pretty freaking cool. Actually, yeah, I think it was. It definitely was. And it was by myself. So if you're ever thinking of doing something like this and you are a woman, I highly recommend it. Man, uh, Men too, but s- specifically for a woman because I feel like a new person from this trip. There was the version of me before cross-country driving and there's a the version of me after cross-country driving. It was a initiation And over this trip, I turned 29, so my official Saturn return. And it was also the same night I turned or the same day I turned 29 was a new moon in Leo, which is for creativity and abundance and being a leader in your own unique way. Which was really fun for me to journal and think about because I was being a leader by showing what it means Even being a relationship teacher, to not be in relationship and to listen to your heart's truth, to leave something that is not meant for you. And that is what I had to do. It was not meant for me. I did not want to surrender to that. I have big dreams and plans for being only 29 wanting to live in a big city wanting to keep acting wanting to write my novel wanting to feel a particular way in a relationship and it's not to say that i can't be in my feminine or i could not be in my feminine with that relationship but it is to say that it added a lot more difficulty to getting there and part of relationship is releasing expectation on another and i wasn't i'm not ready to give up that expectation of being deeply in my feminine and so, from this relationship, I've learned a lot of my um, how to separate with consciousness, because I feel on my part very clean with how we separated. How to um, moving forward, what what I'm looking for in a partner. Every relationship teaches you more and more about what you want. So I'm much more clear. On what it is that I want in a relationship, for sure, of non negotiable, of being in a committed partnership that does this work, that does this work, this polarity work. I refuse to be in the teacher role in my like an active teacher role. Let me be clear. The feminine is always teaching. Always. She is an oracle. She's always teaching in relationship. But the language of David Data and polarity and yogic intimacy, this is now a non-negotiable for me and my relationship. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Madeline, I've been listening to your podcast for years and I love yogic intimacy, but my husband of also years doesn't know it. That's Okay that is absolutely okay. I know so many couples and relationships that have learned this together along the way. And the really cool thing is that I actually introduced my last partner to this work. So now he is, he's doing the work and it's a beautiful thing to me that he's doing this work now without my influence, without me leading him into it. I came in, I sprinkled my fairy dust of yogic intimacy and masculine embodiment and showed him where to go and then I I I exit out because that's that is what one of the things I was here to do for him and he's done so much for me he's helped me so much with my own mother wound and providing a particular flavor of love that I yearned for and holding me and being partners like we just had such a beautiful experience and I'm so grateful for all of it and so like I was just saying I want to touch on that too if you're listening to this podcast and you're wanting to do more feminine and masculine work you my love come to me come to my work come join the sisu society let's do one-on-one coaching let's go deep and also at the same time your partner will have to find his own resources and teachers for the masculine side because we as the feminine in order to be in the feminine we can't teach our partners about masculine embodiment that's literally the opposite of being in the feminine we can reveal our desire for them to be in masculine embodiment. Oh, it's so sexy whenever you do masculine work. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Oh, oh you know what would be really sexy? If you did some masculine haka dance for me. Ooh, you know what would be really sexy? If you commanded me to go to the kitchen and get you a glass of wine. You can reveal in that way, in these playful ways, ooh, you know what I would love? I would love if you told me what I had to wear today. That's a way that you can lead without leading, but you're also revealing to him how much you want him to lead you with your own feminine. So I want to make that clear that you as a married woman or in a committed partnership, this work with or without his prior knowledge of it is so possible to do I'm just saying for me as a teacher of it I also know like I'm teaching women on this and teaching men on this and in my committed relationship I actually want that to be a place where I'm learning like deeply learning from his leadership uh, one thing that John Wineland told me one of my teachers A couple years ago that stuck with me so intensely so intensely was madeline i want you to be dating only men who either scare you with their integrity or inspire you with their purpose scare you or inspire you and that is a north star for me of re- of relating in relationships is being scared or inspired. And I pass that on to you because it's such a beautiful landmark, a flag, a beautiful flag saying, here's what I'm committed to. I'm committed to being inspired in the world, being scared where I see strong integrity. And it doesn't just have to be you and your partner, but also where you see it elsewhere in the world by other divine masculine or divine feminine beings so with all of that said um this episode really just I want to focus I wanted to focus on the to make it really clear that when you feel this obsession of is this choice right (laughs) what I found in my life is that it is It is. And I encourage you to try on the different hats of try on the full bodied experience of I'm staying in this, I'm staying in this relationship, I'm staying in this city, I'm staying in this job. And see what that feels like over the course of 24 hours. What does that feel like in your body? I will also add a very masculine way to find out what you want. Something that has been my number one go-to tool. Because when the feminine's like, but I love this, but I'm scared, but maybe not, or I do. I I find that that's a very feminine experience of the whole, is this right or is this wrong? Obsession. So what has helped me is doing a Ben Franklin, which is a pro-con list. I did that whenever I was deciding if I moved to New York or Los Angeles two years ago. And my New York list was longer than my Los Angeles list. So I moved to New York. And now I'm in Los Angeles because I knew it was coming. It just wasn't yet. And then I also did that with this recent relationship. I did a pro-con list of like the the overarching was... um, leave like to leave what what are the pros of leaving and getting in the car what are the cons of leaving and I did a pro con to my relationship with my former partner of pros of staying in this and cons of staying in this and it led me very clearly very masculinely to see in front of me on paper why stay or why leave what's the great work that can be done here and what is the work that or the pleasure that will be experienced from not being in this grind, this grind of trying to make something happen. That's just not wanting to happen because that's the truth of it. We were trying to force something to happen that was not meant to happen. And I don't believe ever was meant to happen. We were meant to go deep for four or five months and then we were meant to move on. And that's my perspective, at least, you know, I'm not speaking for him, but that's what my perspective is. So I'm so grateful for everything I experienced and, that relationship. And I'm also so grateful for the people who showed up in my life who really helped me see clearly. And if you are in this position, my love, of deciding if you should stay or leave any topic or any area of your life, do a Ben Franklin. It is a pro list on the left hand, a con list on the right hand. Sit down, pen and paper, and actually write down every single bullet you can think of for each one. It is so underrated it is one of the most amazing tools it's very masculine and that's good that's what you need to help ground your feminine another thing i will add i have this exciting new perk to joining the CSU society for the next couple months i'm not sure how long i'm going to do this deal for but if you are in the CSU society which for anyone who is new here it is my group coaching program so far in the CSU society we have had calls on the four cycles of being a woman, like the four cycles each month, when you're the most creative, when you're the most indulgent and sensual and analytical. We've gone into that. We've gone into masculine breath work. We've gone into feminine embodiment and archetypes, experiencing your seductress and your brat and your sacred slut and experiencing the part of you that is snake and jaguar. We've gone into... Healing and giving the thing that you so desperately wanted as a child in love and how to start giving that I actually guide you to know what it is you've always wanted in love. And I guide you into how you can actually give that to your partner or give that to the world. And so much more. We have two calls every single month. Some of them are on Facebook Live where I just teach by myself and then some of them are in Zoom. So they are group calls. I do question and answers. I lead you through practices. You do not have to have a Facebook to be with us. Everything is hosted elsewhere on a, on a back-end website. So the Facebook is really wonderful for community but if you just hate Facebook and you want to be in the Zoom calls and you want the lessons that I teach, come on and join us. It's only $20 a month and you're getting really, really major exclusive content and practices you do not get on the podcast that said the new the new perk to joining the sisu society besides having this amazing group of women we have 110 so far these beautiful bright beings you also get 20% off any of my coaching any of my coaching if you want to do three months six months or 12 months you get 20% off from being in the sisu society So that means if you want to do three months of work with me where you have access to emailing me and you could do Marco Polo with me and I will actually hop on and give you a little coaching for Marco Polo in between sessions, then that's 3600 instead of my normal 4500. And the year-long work with me, which is the deepest of deep dives, where we have a year of working together around embodiment, divine feminine and masculine, relational healing, building a business if that's what you want, uh, dralla, art, intimacy, all of that, that's normally 16500 And if you're in the Sisu Society, this is 13200 So it's a huge discount. I will not be doing this for forever. I don't know how long I will be doing this, but for now, this seems like a really wonderful way for me to have more interaction with you all who have been wanting to do one-on-one coaching. I am grounded now. I have completed my trip. I have more energy and more capacity to hold, especially being outside of a monogamous relationship. My my work and my babies are working with all of you and I love it so much. So if you want to do three months, six months or twelve month, you can go to maddymoon.com forward slash coaching and just fill out your information, your details on any of the forms there at the very bottom. And then if you want to do just a single session and you're in the SiSU Society, you also get 20% off my singles. Um, that does not include Marco Polo or or forever email access, but you do get an awesome 75 minute session with me. And normally that's 350, but if you're in the CSU Society, it's 280. So join the CSU Society, get teachings, get embodiment practices get this awesome one-on-one type of material in the group but then also go deeper with me in one-on-one coaching for the packages or a single session whatever feels good to you the very last thing I will say is that last podcast episode was with Richard Rudd (laughs) I love him so much I love him so much oh my gosh he's so amazing I'm like definitely um not starstruck with him but like spirituality struck he's just such a teacher he's you even being in his presence you just feel his essence penetrating you um in our last week podcast I included a link to sign up for the golden path so if you're if you didn't listen to that Richard Rudd is the creator of the gene keys which is this amazing It's like human design on drugs. I think it's like so much more intricate, but also it's it's a quest. It's like not so cut and dry. It's really this malleable, alchemical, mysterious uh, path that each person takes in their own individual way from the shadow to the light, and the activation sequence is the really foundational point of how you learn about your own gene gene keys so if you go to the gene keys website you can pull up your free profile and then if you go to mattymooncom forward slash gene keys you can sign up for the activation sequence i'm telling you this now because coming up in the fall richard rudd is doing a deep dive into the venus sequence i know there's a lot of words coming at you right now i'm trying to make it sound simple i know Sometimes you got to see it on paper, but the Venus sequence is the sequence in your gene key profile about romantic relationships. And it's what I'm going to be doing the deepest investigating on. I'm very excited about it because the gene keys have spoken to me so immensely and I want to be teaching this as well someday. So I'm going to be doing my diligent work to learn as much as I can. So I've already gone through the activation sequence again. To sign up for that, go to maddymoon.com forward slash gene keys, and that's one word, the gene keys, and do the activation sequence because that is important to do if you want to do the Venus deep dive in the fall. Now, the Venus deep dive is not to be confused with the Venus sequence. That's also in the golden path. So the golden path is Uh, Part one is the activation sequence, which I just told you about. Then there's the Venus sequence, and then there's the, I believe, Pearl sequence. Those are three different sequences you can learn about in a nice and neat little course. But the deep dive is something Richard is going to teach live in the fall. The Venus deep dive, so it's all about relationships. He's teaching that in the fall, but he wants you all to have done the activation sequence first. So if you want to join in on that fun... I'm going to have Richard back on in the fall, and we're going to talk more about the Venus Deep Dive, but I encourage you to go through the activation sequence now. I will include a link to that in the show notes. Again, it's just madimoon.com forward slash gene keys, and that'll take you right there to sign up. I believe it's 100, and then you'll go through that amazing stuff, amazing knowledge and wisdom. You'll learn all about your activation sequence, and you will be good to go to learn the Venus Deep Dive. If you did not do or listen to the interview with Richard, just go listen to that. It'll explain everything I just shared. Your mind will be blown and you'll get a very unique inside look at his three day quest he went on when he actually received the gene keys from the ethers. Like when the divine was like, Richard Rudd, boom, take the gene keys information, bah. I asked him about that actual journey because it was over three days that he embodied it and he learned about it and he received the code. And then he wrote this ginormous book called The Gene Keys, which is just like the best book ever. Highly recommend it. Um, So I just wanted to share all of that. So you've got some goodies to look into. I hope this episode served you well today. Just remember that if there is an obsession of the heart, feel into what is the scariest choice to make. Because often I find that's where your feminine's truth lives. Sending you so much love. I'll see you next week.